We are back on WWPT 90.3 FM. This is Gavin Rothenberg and Ty Levine on Out on a Limb. We are extremely excited to get back on the air and provide you guys with the best content possible. Today, we're going to be switching it up a little bit, and we are going to try a movie review. And Gavin, what movie are we reviewing? We're reviewing a movie that's just about running, as the song said, one of the, considered one of the greatest movies of all time, The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, so today we're going to be breaking this movie down. We're going to try it out. We have no idea how to do this, but we'll see how it goes. So to start out before uh, we get into it, uh, if any of you are looking to watch The Shawshank Redemption and haven't yet, which I don't know why you would be because it's been out for a very long time, but I will click off now because this is a spoiler alert. We are going to be breaking down different parts, and if you haven't watched it yet, there are going to be spoilers as to what happens in the movie. Yeah, so let's start it off with with your viewer experience. Like, what did watching this movie mean to you? Because I know we're, like, Gen Z, we're younger. We, we're not really in touch with, with, like, the older older movies, older music, as much as um, the older generations are. But this movie's considered one of the greatest movies of all time, and it, it's a total classic. So what was it like watching that for the first time? Well, it came out in 1994, so it came out a pretty long time ago. But when I look back and think of movies in 1994, like I don't know if you think the same way I do, but I think of like black and white movies that are like there's not much to it, and I'm not that interested in it. But Shawshank Redemption was completely different from that. And the craziest part to me is that when Shawshank Redemption first came out, it did not get great views at the beginning. But as time developed, people realized how much there was to the movie. And in my viewer experience... The first time going through it, I honestly was just enjoying the experience of seeing it. But looking back at it, there's so much more little things to the movie that I realize now. And it shows why the movie is so highly rated now. Well, for me, watching this movie, it was kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of like enlightening. I, I, I thought about this movie for a while after watching it. I actually watched it about a month ago. I rewatched it the other night. And I've been writing about it, like, in my notes on my phone. I've been thinking about it a lot. It's, like, changing my outlook on life. It's such an impactful movie, and I'm happy that we're talking about it today. Well, just to get it started, uh, Andy Dufresne, the main character, uh, he is put into jail as he's wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife and her lover, who was not, well, cheating on him, but having an affair um, while they were together. And Red is someone that he, Morgan Freeman, is someone that he meets in jail. And the two seem to develop a bond over time as they spend, I'd say, about 19 years in jail, I believe. Yeah, just under 20 years. And so let's talk about the first scene. The, the show starts out, or the movie, excuse me, starts out with uh, music playing and Andy sitting in a car with a gun in his hand and loading the gun. And it cuts back to the court where he's having his court case on whether or not he murdered his wife. And Ty, I can tell you my first time watching it, the way that this first scene broke down, I immediately thought that Andy killed his wife and her lover. I love to say that I I knew what was happening. I, I knew if he killed his wife or not. I really didn't know what was going on. He was really quiet. He had like a, a weird demeanor. And I, I honestly... He looked, he looked a little bit like strayed, like... A little he, bit. He kind of looked like like, crazy. like like for real. When I first saw him, he kind of looked like a cold blooded killer. But right. 
as we learn later in the movie, it, it's completely the opposite. Well, when I first saw him and he goes to jail and everything, it seems to me that this is like a man that was guilty and he seems like kind of a crazy guy, super tall, skinny, his hair's all straight. And I think that is the whole director's point. I think there's so many lessons to it, but one, the first of all of them, the first thing that this lesson teaches us is that people can be very different from what we perceive them to be. As with our first glance of Andy, he seems like this kind of crazy guy that killed his wife and his lover. Some and and the main thing that I think about Ty is that's what the other characters see too. That's what Red first hears. He hears that this guy killed his wife and her lover. He thinks this guy's weird. So does every other person. In yeah, the jail. well, Red but Red when he first meets Andy, he says like I I heard you're a little bit cold. Like like he doesn't really talk to anyone, and his introverted personality almost makes him seem like he's something that he's not because he's he's really quiet guy. I don't think Tim Robbins, who's, who plays Andy in the movie, he, he probably doesn't have that many lines, but the way that he moves around, that's where the true acting is. Well, to first get into it, the first thing that I would like to talk about that has to do with this first sort of uh, experience between Red and Andy is Andy when he first goes to jail and Red bets two packs of cigarettes with his uh, fellow inmates that Andy is going to be the first one. I believe, do they bet that they're going to be dead or that they're going to cry? I didn't cry. That right? will cry. Yeah. And then well, right, so the guy the who they cried about, ended up dead, but the thing that they talk about uh, that red talks about, and we see later in the film, like why he talks about this is that when you get in that cell, the first night you realize that you're stuck in a whole new society, a whole new community. And when his first glimpse of Andy, he thought he was someone that was soft he didn't really know why he was in here, and he bet a lot of a lot of cigarettes, which was like the currency of money, that he would be the first one crying. But that's not what happened. Yeah, well, Andy just kind of maintained the the presence that he had at the beginning of the movie. He didn't say a word. He just kind of stared with with no emotion at all at the walls that first night. And real quick, before we move on through the movie, I want to point out a scene right at the beginning of the movie that is is really important to to Red's character development, and it's a really important scene if you compare it to later scenes in the movie, and that's Red's first parole meeting. So Red meets with uh, the... I, I don't remember if it's the warden of the prison or just someone who works It's not the, the warden. It's just it's a committee that decides right. his parole, yeah. I believe. So they ask him, Have, do you feel like you've been rehabilitated? And he, and he says, yes, 100%. I feel like I've been rehabilitated, and they deny his parole. So as the movie goes on, he, he has three parole meetings, and each one's a little bit different. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about each one. Yeah, so we're going to sort of move in a sequence throughout the movie and talk about the different scenes. But to start out with that, um, what ends up happening is another guy ends up crying, and he will not stop crying, and to the point where the guard beats this guy to death. And it's the first thing that we see about the prison that – the, the prison does not mess around. But did that affect Andy throughout the movie? No, he continues to put up a wall to where he doesn't show anybody his emotion. And he he seems like he's completely fine in the prison, even if he's thinking someone else. And the only person he ends up opening up to is Red. Well, the interesting part about this first scene is that at first glance, the first three scenes, nothing extraordinary about them at all. It just seems like your normal old prison movie the the guy gets beat the, the guy gets beat up because he's crying it, it's super tough life in the prison 
the 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 guy gets wrongfully committed of the crime. It, like it's your typical movie up until uh, a a couple scenes later. And also, it it isn't really your typical movie because a couple of these early scenes that have no meaning at the beginning end up having meaning at the end. But as you're watching the beginning of the movie, it, it really just seems like your typical old prison movie. Right. When I watched it first, I was thinking of nothing of these scenes. But by the end, they all have a meaning and all build up to everything together. Yeah. Well, Gavin, didn't you end up, didn't you watch half of this movie like in the summer and you never ended up finishing it? Like, did right. that, did that like the start of the movie contribute to that or did you just not have time? Well, honestly, um, oh, no, 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 that did that. I didn't have time to finish it, but honestly, watching it, I wasn't that like into it. I wasn't that focused on it. So I just kind of seemed like a boring prison movie, exactly like you said. But then my, when you told me to rewatch it and I did, every single little scene after like seeing the end, I realized kind of what they meant. So the next scene that I want to get into is when Andy, I believe, oh no, not his first words, his second words at the prison is when he approaches Red and Red, he introduces himself as the guy who can get things. And that phrase is continuously used throughout the entire story. And it does have a meaning, which we will get into later. But uh, Andy asks Red if he, if he can get him a rock hammer, a, a small rock hammer. And Red is nervous of, at first about this because he thinks it's this big, dangerous hammer. But when he opens it, he sees that it's a very, very small hammer and fits in the palm of your hand. So this is another scene like the parole meeting, uh, the parole meeting that has literally no meaning at, at the beginning of the story. You think maybe Andy likes to to make little sculptures. He ends up making a, a chess set. I I guess he he has an interesting uh hobby with the with the stone or the rock hammer, but this really has no meaning until later on. So we'll we'll come back to the scene later on. The next scene I want to talk about this is when the movie kind of develops into a, into more than just your average prison movie and where Andy kind of like develops into like uh, more, your extraordinary character more than your typical character. So Andy and his friends in, in the prison, they're working on, I, I think they're like repairing the roof of the prison. So Andy overhears the, the head guard of the prison talking about his taxes or uh, about his wife and and Andy, Andy approaches him. And, and keep and, in mind, keep in mind, the head security guard is like a, a very hard guy that he's the one that beat the, the guy to death. Like he does not play around. He, he chooses to intimidate the, um, the, the um, people in the jail as much as possible. Yeah, well, he grabs Andy and he holds him over the roof. And he says, if you don't have anything good to say, I'll drop you and you'll die. And Andy told him that he knew how to help him with his taxes. And that kind of started... This, this weird relationship between Andy and the guard. And Andy asked in return for helping him with his taxes a couple beers for each of his friends who were working on the roof. And this is really where the, the first glimpses of the themes and the message of the movie start to come through. Because Andy asked for, for the beers. And, and those beers, they don't seem that significant. They're just beers. They're just something that you drink, maybe have a little bit of fun with. But... They, they mean a lot more. They, it's when Andy starts to, to bring things into the prison or, or show his inmates that there, there's more to, to prison than just your daily prison life. There's more to life than just uh, being an inmate and o abiding by the rules. 
and that there is hope for the future and that this isn't just a, a, a hopeless uh, situation that everyone is in. Yeah, so the first lesson that we talked about, and we are going to come back to these as the movie goes on because the beginning and the end all connect to each other, but the first lesson was judging people. So we all should, as the, the viewers, judging Andy Ron. And now the second one is the hope that Andy brings along with him. And this is, as you said, the first part that he shows this. He doesn't, the main part of this to me was that he decides not to drink any beers himself. He only wanted to show his fellow inmates that there's more to life than just being in jail. And keep in mind, he does this all with a life sentence on him. So he knows that he's not going to get out of the prison in any legal way. And he decides to show his inmates, his inmates that they're able to live life and that they should not lose hope. And that's one of the main things that Andy teaches, especially Red. Yeah, so it's interesting that you mentioned that he didn't drink a beer. And that's kind of constant throughout the movie. Andy isn't a character that's going to develop, become something that he isn't at the beginning of the movie. He He's kind of like a constant in the equation. He stays he the same. He develops other characters. Yeah, he is his purpose in the film is to impact the other characters. And that's something that we observe. So the, the next couple scenes in the movie, there's a guy who gives Andy a lot of trouble named Boggs. And the guard that Andy helped out with the taxes, he beats Boggs until he's paralyzed. That scene is just kind of... It's kind of a feel-good scene because Boggs was doing some pretty bad things to Andy. And then the next scene, Andy gets reassigned from the washroom to the library where he meets an old inmate named Brooks. And Brooks is a very interesting guy. He's been the librarian for 50 or so years. And the interesting thing about Brooks is that his sentence is coming to an end. In a couple weeks, he's about to get released from prison. And Brooks is all brainwashed from the system. He he doesn't know what he life was, I is. I believe he was in the jail for 56 years. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, he, he's, he's all brainwashed from the prison system. They strip you of everything, your dignity, your hope. So he holds an, a knife up to his, his friend Haywood's neck. And, and before you continue, Todd, watching this scene, I could say that I was definitely like confused. I, I didn't understand what was going on and why it was happening until Red explained. Yeah, well... Brooks threatened to to slit Haywood's throat because he is so stuck in his ways in the prison and he is so fearful of the outside of the prison because the prison sh- the prison makes you comfortable there even if you're comfortable with discomfort you get comfortable in that routine of the prison and you're scared of what's on the outside and that's something that the the film constantly re- readdresses that the prison system is a broken system Exactly. And what I was saying is um, at the next day, uh, before Brooks is actually released, Red explains to everyone why he did that. Everyone else was very confused because the first thing they thought was, why would he be mad that he's leaving? He should be extremely excited. But Red, being in the jail almost as long as um, Brooks was, he explains to them that being in jail this long, it gets you attached to, to what life is like, even if it's not good. So you have no idea what life is going to be like without it, and you're living in constant fear around you, which is even worse than living back in jail. Also, at this point in the film, Red feels the same way as Brooks. He He's comfortable with his prison life, and he doesn't see any hope outside of it. And he says to Andy, hope is a dangerous thing, Andy. You can't, you can't get caught up in hope because it's unrealistic and it's not going to happen. And that's why Red has a lot of developing to do throughout the the film because 
he he has such a horrible point of view and frame of mind at this point in the film. Yeah, and we will continue Red's development as I believe this may it may have been the most interesting out of anyone's. But to continue with Brooks, uh, Brooks is released from the prison, and the first thing we see is his whole routine. He gets a job of bagging groceries that he honestly doesn't like as he has arthritis. He's stuck in this one little hotel room by himself and he does the same thing every day and he's constantly in fear. And the next thing that happens is Brooks, uh, he ends up hanging himself in that hotel room. And it's obviously a very sad scene for everyone to watch, but it's more than just a sad scene to me as to after you watch the end. At first, at first glance, it was just a very sad scene. But when you compare it to what Red's arc is like, then you see the development and the influence that Andy has on these people. Well, the thing, the thing, the reason Brooks' character, Brooks's character is so important, I brought up a, a math equation earlier. I feel like the Shawshank Redemption is almost like a math equation. Andy, or, or science experiment, maybe. Andy is the constant. Brooks is the control he's the controlled variable because he's what happens when when andy doesn't come in and or know what this this analogy is bad i'm starting over okay brooks is the control he he is the the product of unaffected by anyone else he's the he's the product of the broken prison system that strips you of everything andy is the independent variable he comes in and he affects those around him he affects Red, who is the dependent variable, and as we'll see as the story progresses, Red changes a lot throughout the film. Yeah, and um, we see after Brooks's death, he writes a letter to Andy, which honestly heartbreaks Andy and Red. And it, but the thing it did show is that Brooks cared a lot about Andy within the short time that he spent with him, and it showed Andy's rubbing off on other people. But to continue. The next thing we see is that Andy continuously writes books or writes letters, excuse me, to the Congress. Where is it? To the Congress, I believe, or the state, the state. Yeah. And he finally receives these books. And he is, he finally receives the books from a local library and he's able to do so much, so much for the prison. He get, he's able to get people their high school diplomas that they haven't gotten them. He's able to help people learn how to read all around. He just does it for other people's enjoyment. Another thing he, he, while he does get these books for his enjoyment, he does it more for the other people. It's the same thing with the scene with the beers. He's doing it. So other people can see that prison is more than just this beaten down and boring place. So here in the scene comes his second big act of defiance. Like, like the first one with the beers, the taxes, that was his first real act of defiance. But this one, he grabs a music disc that he finds in the the uh, stack of books, and at this point, he's trusted by everyone in the prison. So he's he's in, doing all the guards' taxes. He's he's, he's, he's in the he's involved. in the guards' office by himself when he receives this. So he locks himself in. He locks all the doors. He plays the music, which is opera music, and he blasts it around the prison. And everyone in the prison said this was one of the most like. Uh, it, it was like reality struck them. Like it, it was the, the their only connection to that outside world in decades. So this this act this small act of defiance that Andy ended up spending weeks in solitary confinement for completely changed the outlook of hundreds of prisoners in Shawshank. 
And we see the continuous thing where he is trying to show other people hope. That's Andy's goal constantly throughout the book. Or the movie, excuse me. And also, um, we sh- it sees that we see that Andy is willing to sacrifice his enjoyment so that other people can. And he's even willing to sacrifice his good relationship with the warden to to be able to show other people enjoyment. Yeah, so next up in the movie... Red has his second parole meeting, and it's identical to the first one. It doesn't show any development from the first scene. His parole gets denied. He says, yes, he's been rehabilitated. Nothing really of meaning right now for that scene. But the next thing that happens is very interesting. A young guy named Tommy, probably about 20 years old, comes into Shawshank, and he reveals to Andy that he has the evidence to prove that Andy is innocent because he met the guy that committed the, the crime that Andy was convicted of at another prison. And so right. Andy brings... And this, this itself gives Andy a ton of hope that he'll be yeah. able to get out of the prison. Mm. So Andy brings this information to the warden, obviously. Like, put me back on trial. Uh, Tommy, the young guy who, who just came into the prison, has the evidence to, 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 to prove my innocence. And so... The the warden responds, "No, we can't do that." And and Bef- Andy, wait before you continue. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. At this point, Andy is involved with a big scheme with the warden, where the warden is uh there using a lot of as he's like corrupting a bunch of other programs. And Andy, by doing his taxes, he's able to evade a bunch of taxes. He's also using the the prisoners for labor, and he's and he's doing he's he's committing money laundering, which I don't totally to be honest. I don't totally know what money laundering is, but so laundering is basically he's turning the dirty money into um into a, like a clean money by taking the money that they have from uh the scams and slowly slowly putting it like putting it into like rightfully into the bank through yeah. a, a new different company that doesn't actually make the money but it's a front for the scam. All right, yeah, okay, so so let's continue with what with ha- what happens. So. After the, the warden responds, no, we can't do that, Andy obviously gets frustrated and he says, well, I have the evidence to incriminate you for money laundering. And then the, the, the warden goes psycho. He goes, he kills Tommy because Tommy has the evidence to prove Andy's innocence. I have to say that that scene shocked me. I, I it, was, it was such a weird, such a weird like buildup. You, you see him talking to him. I was very confused. Honestly, at first, I thought the warden was going to help him. And then all of a sudden, boom, the guard shoots Tommy dead. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the most unexpected scenes in the movie. And so in addition to killing Tommy, the only Andy's only way out, he locks Andy up in solitary confinement for a month. Like people die from that time in just a dark room with barely enough food and, and, and water to survive. Yep, and his relationship with the Warren is then sort of scuffed every ever since after that. Yeah. So after confinement, after he comes back from confinement, this is when everything starts to kind of tie together in the movie. We're kind of ending the end of the film. And so Andy interacts with Red for the first time in over a month. And Red notices that he's acting differently. And Andy starts talking about his plans once he gets out of there. He's going to move to Mexico. He's going he's gonna to live his life in Mexico. Have, he's going to build a boat. Yeah, he's going to live his dream in Mexico. And Red said, like, Andy, there's no way out. Like, I don't know. The, the only reason 
to think about this is is just you're you're just gonna get yourself worked up because it's never gonna happen. And Andy delivers one of the most famous quotes in film history. He says, "Get busy living or get busy dying." So this quote is so significant because it wraps up the the whole. It it it, it's, it perfectly uh, depicts the the theme of uh, and the message of the movie. You could either spend your whole life waiting to die, not going out of your comfort zone, never having hope, just being stuck in your ways, or you could live your life to the fullest and you could be hopeful for the future and and have a, a strong imagination and just be an optimistic person in general. And that is is one of the strongest messages that the film delivers. Before we continue, one little thing that we're going to talk about later is another thing that that um red says to andy is that an- another word for poop pipe dreams he says that his dreams when he says that those are just that word pipe dreams and that's going to connect to something else that that ends up going on later in the movie but with what you were saying the get busy living or get busy dying is also an extremely important quote probably the most important in the entire book because he is talking about the whole difference between hope and the whole difference between hoping to live and hoping to, to just dot, like to live as long as you can or to live life to the fullest. And Andy, as we've said throughout the whole entire book, his whole point is to give hope to other people. And as we learn from Red, living in prison so long, him and Brooks have lost this entire hope of a new life. And they're so accustomed to what life is in like the prison that it takes someone like Andy to do all of this to prove to Red that it's worth trying to live. Yeah, so after the scene, Andy asks Haywood, one, one of his friends, for rope. And all, everyone, and, and Haywood gives him the rope. Haywood wasn't thinking. Everyone is convinced that Andy is going to be dead in his cell in the morning. He's going to have killed himself by this point. But one of the biggest plot twists I've ever seen in a movie, you wake up to... And, and, and you don't find Annie in his cell. He's not in his cell, and there's he's nowhere to be found. So it, it just re it just leaves the viewer confused. But then they look behind one of his posters that Red got him earlier in the movie, and there's a massive hole. And, and before you continue, Todd, yeah. before you continue, another thing we forgot to talk about is the posters. So every single year on Andy's birthday. Uh, Red gets him a new poster of a different girl. And in my opinion, these posters are, um, it's his symbol of hope. It's Andy's symbol of hope as all he needs to do is climb through this poster to get out for freedom. Yeah, well, he always talked about the posters like, oh my gosh, this is like, this helps me out so much. Like I love looking at her every night, but he's really looking behind that poster and looking at, his uh, method of escape. And I think there's even more to it. The whole, that I've been talking about this whole time is moving, looking past the first layer of things. That's such a big thing throughout the movie. Andy, looking past the first layer of what Andy seems like, looking past the first layer of prison, what life can really be like. And now quite literally, they're looking past the first layer of a poster and into a big hole where Andy escapes. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting him to escape. I, I watched it with, I, I watched this film with my, my dad for the first time. And I, I, he's like, you're, you're not going to expect what happens. Like there's a huge plot twist in this movie. And he was absolutely right. 
I wasn't expecting it. I know it's a little different for you, Gavin. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't even know how it came into my head, but I was actually sort of expecting him to escape. I, don't, I, I, I just had the thought in my head that he was going to trick everybody and escape. But the thing is, it still exceeded my expectations because of the journey that went through him escaping. I thought he was going to escape. I didn't really know how. But when, you, when I look at back at all the little hints, it still makes it just as good of like a plot twist for me. Yeah, so this, this ending to the movie, which after he escapes is, is probably the true ending. The, the escaping isn't even really the ending of the movie. But this ending is one of the most complete endings, one of the best, most satisfying endings I've ever seen in a movie. It ties everything together, and we're going to talk about that right now. So after Andy escapes, he leaves all of the evidence incriminating the warden of Shawshank and all the guards, everyone who works there for committing crimes. He leaves it at the police station before he leaves. So he he framed, or, or he didn't frame them, he... he provided the evidence to to put all those people in prison so yeah so i I think we should go little one little part by one little part so the first thing that i want to talk about is the flashback and then we can continue with each part and connect it back to the beginning is the flashback and we see that andy slowly slowly makes this huge wall with that same little rock pick that he asked red for 19 years ago yeah keep in mind this this uh rock pick is the size of your hand it's not bigger in your hand so it took him 20 years every single night chipping away at that wall to to get where he wanted to be and to be in the position to escape and that's a, a huge lesson of the story that it doesn't matter how how honestly how well you do something if you're persistent if you work hard you're it's gonna happen Andy didn't give up for 20 years every single night he persisted breaking down that wall it keep keeping to he kept chipping away and and he never stopped and and he he got where he wanted to be he he achieved success because of his dedication and his persistence yeah so one of the things my favorite scenes was the night before that he escapes or the night of his escape, he's working with the warden in his room and he puts, he, there's these files that he always puts in the warden's room. And hence this time he swaps them out with a Bible instead of putting the real files in. And we see later in the movie that Andy, Andy talks about red in the movie about this fake guy that they're still laundering the money through. And that's who Andy pretends to be so that he can take all the money out and escape but what we see is is uh, the warden finds out Andy's escaped. He runs down, opens the the Bible, and the first thing that he sees is a bunch of pages cut out with the with the rock pick right in it. Yeah, I I mean it's it's very clever. It, it's it's a, a great ending in the movie because the warden opens up this this uh because oh, okay let let's just I, I'm gonna completely explain this scene. So the warden hears, he, he gets the newspaper, he hears the sirens in the distance, and he doesn't know what it is. He sees the newspaper and it says, like, Shawshank Prison, like, uh, warden and guards, everyone is corrupt, like, uh, corruption, right. death, brutality. Corruption and laundering, all that. Yeah. Scams. Yeah, so the, I, I, I believe that the warden goes to grab the, the book with all the evidence and he finds, uh, 
that, that it's a Bible and that the rock pick is cut out in the middle of the Bible. And it, it, it comes full circle because at the beginning of the movie, the, the warden who is actually a, ends up being a false preacher because he commits all these crimes. He's such a horrible person. He says, the, the, this Bible, it, it, it will give you salvation. He says that to every prisoner. This Bible will give you salvation. And it ended up giving Andy salvation. It, 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 it allowed him to, to create a plan to escape. And it wasn't the salvation that the warden was thinking of, but it gave Andy salvation. And it surely did not give... It came back and, to and earlier in the book when they're searching Andy's cell, he said uh, for yourself some salvation. He says, "I wouldn't want to take this away from you." And I believe in the Bible at the end, uh, I believe Andy leaves a note to the warden saying, "Hopes this leaves you some salvation." So everything just coming first full circle just kind of made my mind just like blow up thinking about all the little things that come together. Yeah. So what happens next? The the warden sees that, and the first thing that he does, he shoots himself in the head. He kills himself because what was going through his mind, he created this horribly corrupt and brutal prison system, and he would rather be dead than live his life out in that horrible system. And the reason Andy hates him so much is because he's the reason that these people don't have hope. He is responsible for Brooks's death. He's responsible for Red's closed mind, and Andy remembers that. So his whole goal is to, is to shut him down, and he waits 19 years and it shows that sometimes you have to think about the long run. He waits 19 years for everything to come together and everything goes perfectly according to plan. Yeah. But so something I'd like to talk about next yeah. before we move on is my reference to before. So Andy, he climbs down with uh, this whole suit and he breaks open a pipe, a pipe full of poop. And just like, like um, uh, Red said before that it's a bunch of poop pipe dreams, Andy quite literally climbs out a pipe of poop to get to his dreams. He climbs out this pipe and he escapes and he, he gets away. And he quite literally, just as Red says, it, they are literally those pipe dreams as he gets to his dreams by climbing out of the pipe. This is why Shawshank is such a special movie because it, it's so beautifully written. There are so many small symbols and intricacies in the plot that come together. They connect at the end. And we've only talked about the first part of the ending. Right now, we're going to talk about the second part of the ending, which is arguably even more well-written and even more satisfying than the first part. So Red goes to his third uh, parole meeting, and he acts completely different this time. Keep in mind, everyone, all, all the corrupt people in the prison are gone. Andy is gone. He escaped. And Red goes, they, they ask Red, do you, do you feel you've been rehabilitated? And he says... No, what does rehabilitated even mean? Do you want me to say yes? Because it, it, rehabilitation doesn't even mean anything. It's just and, a front for what you need to ask me, is what he said. Exactly. So Red doesn't... He This scene truly shows how much of an impact Andy had on him. And him bre breaking out, having that that burst of anger because of the rehabilitation question shows that now he is truly rehabilitated. And they grant him parole. Well, he's not exactly rehabilitated yet because his aspect of hope, but he gets there due to Andy, which we'll continue with after. Yeah, but after after Andy has escaped, the lessons that he caught, like on it, Andy rehabilitated him. The prison system didn't rehabilitate Red. Exactly. So Red the gets prison released. System is yeah. what corrupted Red. Yeah. So Red gets released from prison, 
And he has the same situation as Brooks. He's bagging groceries. He's living in that same hotel. And Red remembers a message that Andy gave him before Andy escaped from prison. Go under this, this I believe it was like a, an apple tree or something. I don't know. In, where, he, in, where he proposed to his wife. Yeah. He told him that he, that he left something for Red there under a molten rock whenever Red got out. Yeah, so before Red leaves to go see what's under the tree, he writes next to where Brooks was here, where Brooks hung himself, he writes, Red was here. This scene And honestly, Todd, before we continue, yeah. mm-hmm. I, this scene, I actually got extremely scared that Brooks was going to do the same exact thing because he pulled out a knife, is standing on the chair the same way Brooks did. I thought he was, I honestly believed that he was going to kill himself. And then he steps down and said, Rez Red was here too. And then he walks out with all of his bags. And it showed me that he was truly, truly changed by Andy. This, this scene is so significant because it shows what happens to someone who has faced that system, who has no help, who has no hope. And then it shows someone who is taught that there is hope and that prison isn't their life and that you don't need to be scared of the outside world because it's better and the grass is always greener on the outside so red leaves he goes to see the message and andy tells him his whereabouts and they meet up in mexico where red said there's no way that could ever happen and that's where red ends up showing how he's truly changed as a character and the movie beautifully ends with red and andy reuniting and living happily ever after yeah it's just the complete perfect ending and not even just them being on the boat together. It's the journey that brings it all together. There's so many, I feel like I'm honestly like forgetting small things to talk about. And like, there's so much to think about. And yet in the end, it's so simple. I think that's such a big thing to, to forget about the complexity of life sometimes and just enjoy the fact that you're here. Just like he was saying, get busy living or get busy dying, choosing to go to Mexico and live out the rest of their life together, I think that truly showed that Red picked Get Busy Living. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, now Now that we've gone through the whole plot in the movie and we have about 10 minutes left, we're going to talk about each aspect of the film overall, and we're going to give it a rating. And if we decide to continue to do movie reviews, we'll have an all-time list, or maybe if we start doing comedies, we'll have an all-time comedy list. We'll have a bunch of lists for all of our Out on a Limb listeners to interact with on our Instagram, at Out on a Limb Show. And we will post and update these rankings. We'll make a graphic as we continue to rate more movies. All right, so the first part that goes into raking a movie is the characters, because the characters are really the the flesh of the movie. They're the most arguably the most important thing that goes into a movie. And in the characters, I'd say that they, they couldn't have done better. Brooks versus Red versus Andy, those are the three main three most significant characters in the story. And they're all perfectly placed. They all perfectly deliver the message that each of them is is, is supposed to give. And they both all have a they all have a clear purpose. And I think the, the characters and the character development could not have been better in this movie. Yeah, I I said it before. By far, to me, I think Red was the most interesting character. I mean, maybe maybe Andy's escape and everything, but but Red's character development, especially that rehabilitation scene, 
that honestly, like it, it just kind of like got to me, everything, everything that he's gone through. I, and I know like at the beginning of the book, what was so important about that first rehabilitation is that he knew he was going to get denied. He had done it so many times before, but Andy coming into his life changed so many different people. And I think that's one of the main parts. It's how Andy was able to, to completely change Red's uh, look on what life is. And honestly, I think the whole point too was for Andy to change the viewer's look on life as well. Yeah, I I, I certainly agree with that. It, that uh, Andy changed the way that I look at a lot of things. Andy as a character has impacted me and also the development of Red and Brooks's story. I, I think about that a lot and that, that really affects me. I look at things differently I, I believe that I look at things differently after I watch this movie. So the next part that goes into grading a movie are the casting and the production. So I think that the production of the movie and the casting are both great. And keep in mind, we're giving this movie great ratings for pretty much everything because this is known as one of the best movies of all time. So there really aren't that many weaknesses in the movie. But production and casting... Morgan Freeman has read. Morgan Freeman was a beautiful narrator and character. He did both, and he did them both amazingly. Tim Robbins, he didn't have like a, a Joaquin Phoenix Joker performance, but he did what he needed to do, and he did it absolutely perfectly. And the production, I thought that that the, the symbolism with the grass is always greener, the prison was always dull, and outside of the prison was always green and vivid with life. And also, another thing aside from sight, the, the music in the movie, it, it, it's kind of like dull. It, it, it's dreary in the prison. But then when Andy plays the opera music and when he gets outside of the prison, when he escapes, it's uplifting. The whole, the whole entire mood and vibe of the movie yeah. changes. It, it's just really cleverly written, the inside of the prison versus the outside. And it, it shows how people can fall into that trap of the, the no hope of being in the prison. And it shows how people can just as easily break through that barrier and look on the bright side and feel that hope on the outside of the prison. Yeah, and um, I think it was also more about, less about the characters and more about not even just like the individual actors, as you said. I don't think it was about the performance. I think it was about the idea, the ideals, the thoughts that that were going through these people's heads. You they can truly relate to the character. And honestly, before talking about it, I wasn't that like, I didn't understand it that well, but like the, this whole prison system is a whole new world. And what showed it to me was like red explaining it, but Andy, just like breaking out of the prison, literally he breaks out of the prison mentally. And he helps red do that by showing him how to beat the prison system and always keeping hope. Yeah. I, the next part that I think we go into rating this movie is the the themes and messages that are present in the movie. And I know I've been praising this movie the whole time, but the themes that are present in this in this film, in my opinion, are the strongest it has the strongest message out of any movie I've ever seen, and it has the most inspiring, satisfying message. Uh, of of it's, it's a story of hope and, and there are beautiful. so many different messages too so i guess this to start out the first one to me from the first scene of the movie is that there is a lot more to people than your first glance we see that with andy we see that with what the prison seemed like we see that what with what hope can do there's so much more than at the first glance uh the second 
is um it's kind of the of the hope that that Andy shows that even if you're stuck in a place, you need to keep patience and keep hope and you'll able to get to the place where you want to be. Exactly. There's so many different intricate themes and messages in this film. So after we've gone over all that criteria, I think Gavin and I are each going to give a rating of this movie. We'll average it out and we'll put it eventually if we keep reviewing more and more movies, we'll have full rankings of, of all the classic movies that are considered the best movies of all time. And we'll have our own out on a limb rankings for the best movies of all time. So Gavin, you want to start us off with your ranking? Well, honestly, before the show, I told you a little bit about what my, I thought the ranking would be. But after talking about all the different things that come to it, my ranking has actually gone up. And I'm just letting, letting everyone know now, I will never give a movie a 100 because that means something else can be better. Yeah, I, so I agree. I, watch, I will never give Until I watch every single movie in the world, I'm never going to give something a 100. So I'm going to give Shawshank... I'm, my prediction now is that this is, will always stay a top three movie in rankings. I'm going to give it a 93. I, I like that, Gavin. Yeah, I, I agree when you said that you've, you'll never give a movie a 100. Like, you, you can never know if there's a movie better than this uh, until you've seen every movie that ever exists. So for me, this is arguably the best movie I've ever seen in my life. It's arguably my favorite movie I've ever seen in my life. So I'm going to give it a 95. I think that there's really nothing that this movie could have done better. Better. It's, it's an amazing story, too. And it's pretty much written perfectly, aside from a few tiny errors with maybe, like, the, the, the background and the, I, I think, the that the That's extras. kind of irrelevant. Yeah, though, the extras, like, didn't have the right accents. But that doesn't really factor into my ranking. The only thing that I love to see in, in a top movie that I don't see in Shawshank is a, a beautiful performance, like like an outstanding top performance from an actor. Like There Will Be Blood, Daniel Day-Lewis, or Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. There isn't that in Shawshank. I'm not saying that there should have been that because this isn't a movie that there needs to be that. But I I prefer movies with, with an actor that has a groundbreaking performance. So for that reason... This is a 95, still probably my number one or two movie ever, but I got to give it a 95. So altogether, our rankings come out as a 94, and I'm going to be honest, this is going to get about as high as it gets because I, I truly want to be honest with these rankings, not just rank the hype movie super high. And I'm going to give my honest opinion about them, and I agree. I think that's in some different movies, we're going to have differing opinions because we find different things interesting, but... I think we can agree completely here that the Shawshank Redemption was all around as a film, just kind of just the perfect message, the perfect theme, the, the perfect everything. And it, it just kind of brings everything together and you won't understand it all at first. And honestly, I didn't, but it's going to keep, it's one of those movies that's just going to keep running through your mind when, when you're just sitting there. 100%. Gavin, it's 730 we're out of time, but that was a great conversation. Shawshank Redemption, one of the greatest movies of all time. To hear our rankings, to, to, to recommend movies for us to review, to, to see our content that we're putting out, follow us on Instagram at Out on a Limb Show. We're also going to look to upload our shows in the future to YouTube and Apple Podcasts. So if you miss any part of it, you could just listen to it there. 
and you're listening to WWPT 90.3 FM, and this is Out on a Limb, and we are out.